Hi, everybody. Welcome to Buried Sisters, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Irene, and I'm here with my lovely co-host and sister, Kiki. Hi, everyone. And also chiming in will be our wonderful producer, Lance. Hello. And today we would like to discuss the case of Robert, a.k.a. Willie Picton. Willie, that already sounds crazy. I know, Willie. Creepy name, right? Crazy old. It's like groundskeeper Willie. Willie. (laughs) I didn't even think of that. Uh Yeah. Oh, man. I failed. Good job. (laughs) Groundskeeper Willie. Yeah. I guess he would kind of resemble him. All right. So I'm going to start off with just kind of a, a kind of a mini story to set the mood, and then we'll get into it. So one day on February 23rd, this is in 1995. In Canada, a man by the name of Bill Wilson decided uh, he's going to drive down the highway. As he's doing this, he pulls off to the side of the road, parks his car, grabs a water bottle, and kind of walks across the highway um, to get to like this little river area. And as he's kind of going through, I guess, the wilderness um, up to the river, he sees something kind of like in the bushes. And he's not quite sure what it is. At first, he thinks maybe it's like a bowl or something. But as he walks up to it, he notices that it's actually half of half of a human skull. And I'm going to read this excerpt. It's from the book On the Farm by Stevie Cameron, and which describes Bill walking up to it. At first, he thought it was an old brown bowl, just perched there on a bed of rocks, surrounded by reeds and bushes. But when he walked over to have a closer look, he could see it was a human skull, cut in half, yes, yet still recognizable as human. And Bill Wilson's first thought, as he walked back to the road, was that he should probably call the police. But this was a human skull, and he had a serious police record. Maybe the first thing they do is start looking at him for it. How did he not assume that the skull was like a Halloween prop? I would. I mean, if I was like strolling around the woods and I found I found a skull, I'd be like, cool, like spirit Halloween. I'm going to take this home <laughs> for my mantle. Like, you know, I, I would never probably think like this is a lot of people yeah. actually do like that actually happens a lot, especially like on murders that are around or on Halloween when there are like Halloween props yeah. out, you know, I've heard of like s- cases where like people have hung someone or hang someone from a tree and they'll think it's a prop. And then like, it's, yeah, oh, straight so up scary. the neighbors are like, Oh man, that house is a badass, you know, Halloween prop. And then it's like, why is the prop? They're like, up? these people yeah. have a lot of money to get this like, real life realistic. version of a person. Seriously. It was even dripping blood on me, you know, but yeah, lo and behold, that's really scary. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would totally put it on my mantle, though, thinking it was a $30 prop. Sorry, go on. (laughs) (laughs) So this so this man, like I said, he finds um, a skull kind of like in the bushes. He does not report it to the police right away. And at first he kind of says like, oh, I was busy like running errands. So I didn't have time to call the cops. Oh, I had a doctor's appointment. And, you know, that night I went to go play bingo. So, I was really busy. Damn. Yeah. I think mostly was he had a record. He didn't want to be connected to this human skull in any kind of way. So you don't think that's sketchy so far? 
personally, I don't. People, I think, especially if they have a record, are very wary about discovering bodies I get or that. body parts. I don't obviously have a record, but being paranoid, I'd be like, I don't want any involvement in this situation. Yeah, but if you found one, that's what I'm saying. You'd be involved. It'd be on my mantle. You wouldn't call the police? Well, I wouldn't. Um, maybe, I guess, if oh I knew God. it was real, but... <laughs> well, I mean, you... Uh, oh, my God. Of course you would know it was real. How would you know? Maybe it's made out of resin. <sighs> anyway. Anyways. I would so, call, yes. <laughs> so this guy... So Bill uh, did report it eventually. It took him about 24 hours, but um, <laughs> he did report it to police. And uh, when he did make the call, Officer Annalee was the one who responded... So he goes down there to the site. He confirms, yes, it is half a human skull. And it's kind of fresh still because there were still like bits of like, I guess, meat. <laughs> is that a weird Shoot, thing? Is they flesh? I, I wouldn't. Sorry, flesh on there. Spirit Halloween. Wow. Yeah. So it was, there was still meat a, on there. There was still a little bit of flesh on there. Um, so like I said, they it was relatively fresh. Is what the officer said. And the officer's first impression was, oh, this looks almost like a professional cut, the way it was done. So it was cut vertically. And um, so think of it like cut like between the eyes, right? Vertically, up and wow. down. And uh, it was a relatively clean cut. And again, this is the officer's opinion of it. He's not a doctor or anything like that. But that was kind of his first thought. And um, but later on, we're going to learn that actually a forensic pathologist takes a look at it and examines it. And uh, it actually the forensic pathologist says, you know, even though it does look like a clean cut, it doesn't look like it's done from anybody in the medical profession because he had severed things or cut through a certain part of the bone that just wasn't something that a doctor would have done or a surgeon. So he said, oh, maybe like a butcher could have done it because butchers kind of know like. The anatomy of, I mean, at least animals. Sure. But certainly it wasn't like a medical professional. And they wouldn't leave flesh, I would imagine. I mean, yeah. It was like a medical, you know. I mean, I guess if it was. I think he just meant like the knowledge of like, if I was a surgeon and I wanted to be a psychopath and start fucking killing people. Looking for any kind of clues to link, obviously. So they probably want to know if it was someone in the medical field to get them a step closer to who may have. I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it could be. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just trying to follow along. I'm scared already. Oh, no, 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 it's good. It's good. It's good. Okay, so uh, like I said, the officer's there. He's kind of thinking this stuff. Um, So the first officer calls in a second officer. I think, I don't know if it, they have to have two people to kind of verify what they see. Something like that is what I believe. So anyway, the two officers are there. They decided that this probably was not a crime scene so they get there and like oh look half a human skull you know what i don't think this is a crime scene i don't think this person died here you know what i think we're kind of like by the small river i think maybe that this was a body that was buried somewhere else like in the cemetery up the river and it somehow the river like unearthed it and it floated down the river and landed here it's bizarre so now you so think weird. that the I now I think that the cops are sketchy, right? That was my first thought too. Right? Like, what? Because you're like, why would the why? What would make the what would make this a crime scene then? Like you found a fleshy skull, 
but right. no big deal. No big deal. Yeah, it's all you know, just something we it find just, every it day. Just floated down the river mysteriously. Yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah, it happens. Typical Tuesday afternoon. It you know? happens for sure. So these cops, they did not seal off the area. They didn't put police tape. Nothing, because they're like, oh yeah, it's probably just whatever, whatever. So they take the skull, they like throw it in a box, and they take it back to the station to give it to uh, one of their detectives. And they wait two days to give it to the detective. So again, kind of weird that it's taking so long to give it to him and that they didn't seal off the area as a crime scene to me. So uh, the detective gets together with a forensic pathologist and those two determine like, you know what? This wasn't just from, we don't believe it was from a random grave and that the river carried it down. We believe this person was murdered. Long story short, they determined that the skull was from a woman in her 20s. She had died about a year or two prior to the skull being found. And there was still flesh on there? I guess it's probably, yeah. it wasn't like flesh what I'm thinking in my mind. It must have been like just some like residual. Well, I mean, yeah, it was like chunks, like a, a, I guess like a chunk here and there. Like oh, those still, which is weird because you think, wow, two years. Yeah, and that's where my first thought went. But interesting. So what they're thinking, it was it was kept somewhere Ooh. for that amount of time. And then it was thrown into the river because they believe that the skull was in water for approximately two weeks. Wow. And they the evidence of that is because it had something called like grave or mortuary wax on it. And huh. it's it's kind of it's kind of this thing that morticians and forensic pathologists would know about, but it's like this white kind of waxy substance that covers the skin if the body has been in water for a certain amount of time. Oh, wow. And so that's how they determine, like, okay, this is how long we think it's been submerged or in the water for. Um, also, they don't think that the skull was actually on land for long at all because they believe that the animals and, or any wildlife in the area would have um, eaten any flesh on there. I was just thinking that the fish and whatever was in the river may have taken bits and little nibbles yeah. off whatever could have been left on that skull as well absolutely so when after they discovered this half a skull it was very difficult for them to try to identify it and they do this with facial reconstruction so they basically had all these specialists come in they try to reconstruct the skull to see who it belonged to no one was able to recognize the facial reconstruction that they did but what we will find out Later on in the story, most likely in part two, will be that seven years later, some of this woman's bones that belonged to the skull were buried on a farm about 25 miles away. Wow. Dang. And this farm belonged to the Pictons. And that's what we will Is that good old today. Willie? Good old Willie. Oh, Willie. Wait, wait. Is Willie who found the skull? No, it was Bill. Because I Bill isn't Bill William. That's why I thought Willie. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a I, I get that. But yeah. yeah, it was his name was um, Bill that found the skull. And Willie's real name is Robert, which Robert. I don't know why they oh, Robert, say, yeah. Bob, Willie. I don't know Bob, why they call him that. Will, Willie. Yeah. All right. So before we get into the actual murders, because I tell you guys, this guy killed 49 women. 
Jeez. And after he got busted, he was pissed that he didn't hit number 50. It's always so weird in general. People have these weird milestones they want to reach. Like you didn't get pissed that you took 49 lives or that you got caught. Mm -mm. You just got pissed that you didn't hit, you know, lucky number 50 for yourself. So weird. Goals in life. Yep. Jeez. So before we get into the actual murders, I think it's really important and really interesting to kind of talk about this guy's background, family life, because I think it definitely helps kind of make him who he is. The psyche of who would do that. Absolutely. Okay. Robert Picton was born to his parents, Leonard and Helen Louise Picton. His dad was described as lazy, very, very unambitious, and he looked very rat-faced. So he looked, I don't want to say like a hillbilly, but he looked weird. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Rat-faced Leonard. Rat-faced Leonard. And if that wasn't bad enough, oh, just wait till you, till you hear what his mom looked like. So Helen Louise, she was a very, like, dominant very like strong-willed woman like she was definitely the one in charge she wore the pants in this family like 100 percent. and leonard was a little even like afraid of her is what people would say because like i said she ran the farm she was the boss she had three kids so the oldest was linda she was born in 1948 then robert or willie as i'll refer to him he was born a year later in 49, and then the youngest is David or Dave, and he was born in 1950. So a lot of people believe that Willie looked like Leonard. So Willie and Leonard are like the rat face, kind of creepy looking. Right. And the other two, Linda and David, I guess, took after their mom. Not entirely, but I guess like she had like a rounder face. She was kind of short. And so I'm envisioning Hoyt's mom from True Blood. Hoyt. I know Hoyt. I can't. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's what I'm envisioning. I love it. I'm going to describe Helen Louise because I just I just it's too good. So this lady did not care about physical appearance at all. She basically never brushed her teeth. And so most of her teeth had like rotted out. Wow. On top of that, she started kind of like losing her hair. And it's really weird. We don't know why. Um, At that time, she didn't have cancer. She gets it later on in life. But during her younger years, she didn't. So her hair is like totally thinning. And instead, she starts sprouting like massive like goat goat hairs out of her chin. (laughs) And she develops a full like goatee. Wow. But she's like rocking it. She doesn't care. Like she doesn't try to pluck it or shave it. Nothing. She's just like rocking that goatee. I mean, you go girl. I mean, yeah, live your life. But she was totally, you know. But brush her teeth. But still. brush I mean, you take care probably of brush her still. teeth. She didn't. And so everyone kind of like, she was like a town legend. Like, oh my gosh, you see that lady with the goatee? Like she would come out and she was crazy. Like she's like she had a bearded like, lady. Yeah, but it's just but she would she'd be like that crazy lady that would come out and like, you damn kids, get off my property. I'm telling you, that's Hoyt's mom from True Blood. That's that's true. That's true. And uh, yeah, so she had imagine rotting teeth, a goatee. She would wear these boots every day, the same boots. They were kind of like these waterproof, I guess, rain boots. And she'd wear them every day, but over the rain boots, she would wear like a long, like nighty. 
So okay. she has like this nightgown with rain boots on, a goatee, no hair, like maybe two teeth. And she's coming out. Hey, kids, get off my lawn. You know, she's coming out. there just like Sounds screaming like something at from like American Horror Story freak show. Yeah, it does. Yep. So she'd wear that cotton house dress. Uh, sometimes she would wear a pair of like men's jeans. Okay. So she definitely was, you know, she had her look, I guess. She, she had her care. style, her swagger. She had her swagger. <laughs> and so Robert, um, or I'm sorry, I'll just say Willie. Willie was actually quite close to his mom, even though she wasn't a great mom. She was, both of his parents were kind of abusive. And I don't mean, they didn't like beat him or any of the kids really, but they neglected them. Like she, it was, it was rumored that the mom had, like all of the cupboards in the kitchen locked. She put like padlocks in all the kitchen cupboards where all the food was and only she had a key. So like you didn't eat if she didn't let you eat. You know what I mean? Was there a reason for that where her, I mean, there's never a reason for that. That's cruel. But I knew someone who did that with their kids. Oh my God. What? But they were um, like wanting their daughter to lose weight. And I never, I know cruel and damaging for sure. But I, I don't know if their parents thought that was like for the best. So was that just because they're like, I don't want to waste my food on you. You can't eat. Or I mean, do we, we probably don't know why. I mean, I'm just guessing it's it was not, a control it's thing. Not right. Yeah. I it's think not, it's just okay. control because like I said, she controlled the whole family. She's the one who called the shots on everything. And they lived on this farm. And in addition to running the farm, so she had say over like, the amount of pigs that would get slaughtered or if they would go to auction and they would, would people would auction off like um, livestock, like cattle and chickens and such. She would be the one that say, okay, this is how much you guys are going to spend. This is how many pigs we're going to buy today. She would call all the shots. So it wouldn't surprise me if she was like, no, I'll tell you when you're going to eat to the kids. That's what I'm assuming. So yeah, really quite overbearing. Um, the kids did go to school, but she worked them to the bone. So the two boys would have to get up super early every day and feed, I think it was like 200 pigs every morning before school. Then they would go to school, whatever, come back home to the farm. And before they went to bed, again, feed them again. And the neighbors recalled I guess seeing this or hearing of it and they would say, yeah, we'd see those boys out there and it'd be late at night and they were still out there working the farm. I wonder if that's common though for people. I mean, especially what this maybe was like back then, back then and on a farm, I, I, I wouldn't know. I, I wouldn't know if to call that like abusive behavior, but maybe, I don't know. I just don't know what's common in that. Sure. But yeah, interesting. Um, a lot of their clothes were like hand-me-downs or homemade clothes. And this doesn't sound like a horror. Like, of course, we think of this and don't think, what a horrible person. Of course, I have hand-me-downs. You know, my kids do. But these people were loaded. They had so much money, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that says a lot then. It's and, and I forgot to say that she would only bathe her kids. I'm sorry. She probably never bathed her kids. The kids only took a bath maybe once a week maybe and they're out there with the pigs so can you imagine that the smell in addition to that the house the like the actual farmhouse they live in was completely 
filthy. She didn't give a she didn't care if the animals walked into the house. So she had like, you know, pigs walking in and chickens and horses and whatnot. And they're like shitting on the floor in the house. God, so not one time did, did anyone clean up in that house. Well, I mean, she didn't brush her teeth. So right. I mean, but can you imagine you just yeah, gonna I let know. the horse come and take a dump like in your room? And those horses dump like God, crazy. Damn. <laughs> like, like, have you seen those horses dump at load. Disneyland? That's like no yeah. joke. <laughs> those horses, they, they really let they it go. Really just pop it. It's pretty crazy. Oh my gosh. So there was literally like shit everywhere. Old food. They never cleaned their house. Never. So they didn't bathe. They didn't clean the house. They didn't brush their teeth. They didn't brush their Kids teeth. Kids couldn't eat unless they said although, they could eat. Although it is reported that Willie did brush his teeth, which is weird. I don't know. That's like the only thing he did to take care of himself. Not okay. sure why, but he had a really weird childhood. Uh, some of the kind of weird and early childhood memories that he has, I have them here. That I, I pulled these also from the book um, On the Farm, just because they're so interesting. So this one is when Willie was two years old. And I'm going to read this. One of his earliest recollections, he always tells people, is of being only two, living in what had been a chicken coop and having to lift a floorboard under his bed to get cold water from a spring that ran below. It was the only running water in the house for years. At two years old, that's your memory? Did you say two? Two. How do you even like, remember anything at two years old like that? Like, that's so that's sad. So and how do you yeah. know at two to do that? Like, because you're, I guess you're in survival mode. I guess so. Wow. Unless that's someone taught him, you know, to do that. That's really sad. Very, very strange. Very strange. And then, at, and then he also says at three years old, he remembers somehow climbing into his dad's truck and putting the truck in drive. And I guess there's like, <laughs> there's like all these pigs in the back of the pickup truck. Because he just brought him home from auction. And the dad's like screaming, <laughs> screaming, Leonard's screaming and running after the truck. And, you know, the guy, the kid's only three, so he doesn't know how to stop it. So he just like crashes into the tree and all these pigs are flying out the back of the dad's like Aww. trying to catch the pigs. Poor pigs. And I'm laughing because it's like, I'm nervous about saying it, but it's like how sad. And, and just like, who lives like that? Right. Well, it's not like they Ooh. put him in the seat. How did he even get in the seat? He just the climbed seat? in, I guess. Man, I couldn't even drive in. a car at 17 years old. I ran into the <laughs> gate and crashed that well, thing down twice. I almost ran over mom on accident. Well, he clearly couldn't drive either. Well, he was three. I hope not. Yeah. I couldn't even ride my tricycle. I ran over the neighbor three times with my bike. <laughs> you did. I, I came back. I did a U-turn for seconds, came back for thirds. That poor kid's face was bleeding. Yeah, he was done for. I know. I'm I'm really not a bad person, guys. I, I just was a weird child. <laughs> so all the neighborhood kids, they they really did tease the Pictons. Uh, school was real rough for them. They called the they called their dad Piggy because of his smell and just his mannerisms. And then they started calling Dave, the youngest brother, Piggy, too. So they all had a real hard time during school. It was reported that uh, Willie had the worst time of all. He just he just felt so out of place. Even though Dave was made fun of, at least he still kind of like made friends, and so did Linda. But Willie was the odd man out, so to speak. And even though he's a crazy serial killer, it is sad. The the, the child of part of him. Yeah. You know, you kind and, of go, and it is sad when you come to understand how some of these people, like the seed of these people's insanity, uh, what drives them. It's very sad because had they 
perhaps been brought up in a nourishing, loving home, they could have been a really amazing person, you know? And, and it's sad that these are kind of the people that raised him and what, I don't know. Yeah. It's very sad. It's horrible. People could have a different direction in life. Absolutely. So like I said, this family was very wealthy and they gained their wealth because they would sell off uh, parts of their land, especially to the government. And in the 1950s, the government actually purchased part of their land because they wanted to build part of this hospital on there. So let me rewind just a little bit. So in the 1950s, the Pictons had sold off a big chunk of their land to the Canadian government in order for them to build part of a huge hospital complex. And the primary reason for this was to house um, basically mental patients at the time. So there was a main hospital that was in another area of Canada, and this was kind of like um, just an extra building that they had. And what they decided to do was to build a place where the mental patients could live, but also where they could work. So they had like a farm and it would be like a self-sustained farm. So they'd have the mental patients out there as like therapy to work the farm and to help them in that way. Along with that, they had built these five really massive, gorgeous houses up on this hill that was right next to the Picton farm. And these houses belonged to like the main doctor of the hospital, um, perhaps also the main like engineer. So really important people of this mental institution, so to speak, that would house these patients. And so Willie and his siblings grew up next to these people that had issues and they would see them. They would, even interact with them. A lot of the times um, the patients would be able to wander off the hospital grounds without any supervision. I think one of the, actually I know one of the doctor's kids reported that they went down to like the river one day to play and they found one of the patients uh, floating face down in the river. Cause again, like there was no like security to keep them in. And it was known as the hospital for the mind was what it was called. The wing they established over there and the reason i'm talking about this is because the pictons they loved penny pinching if you couldn't tell they didn't want to spend a lot of money at all so what they would do is go over to the hospital and say oh you guys need more work for your patients let them come over to our farm they could work our farm no problem oh man yeah so these poor people would be you know, led over to the Picton farm to work on the farm over there. And they paid them, if they paid them at all, just very, very minimal wages. Like I said, if at all. And these people had money. Right? Yeah, they had a lot of money. A lot of money. By 1963, the hospital had over 4,000 patients living and working on site. And one time, when Willie was 14 years old, his parents had bought new land. So we have the hospital area where he grew up until he's 14 years old. They made so much money from selling off this land that they bought a whole new parcel of land. And they decided to move the farm to a new location. And what's weird about it to me is that their farmhouse, the one that had like poop in it and 
the one that was just in shambles, they decided to like move it. Like they moved it up from its foundation and physically moved it to the new property. It's like, why would you even bother? This place is a mess. They decided to move it for some reason to the new area. After that, they kept looking for ways to make more money. So they decided to buy a bunch of large, like industrial size freezers. The Pictons did. I think they bought about 100 of them. And what they would do is on another parcel of land, they had all these giant freezers um, next to each other. And they would slaughter pigs for people who wanted the pigs. And they would store their meat in these freezers. Of course, they would charge them. And this was the mom's idea, Louise. She would say, oh, you know what? We can slaughter this pig for you. Back then, people didn't have big freezers. They didn't have the kind of money to to keep all that meat from spoiling. And so they would pay someone with a freezer to keep it there. So imagine how dirty those freezers were. If their house is that disgusting. So gross. I can just imagine how gross those freezers were. And so they started that company. They started a lot of different companies. And that company was known as BSC, BNC Frosted Foods, which then she changed to BNC Lockers. No health inspectors going through there, I assume. <laughs> no, not at all. One day when Willie was 12 years old, this is just, again, something to kind of highlight how his parents treated him. He was super excited. He went down to uh, the live auction to buy himself a pet. He didn't want to slaughter it. So he goes down to the live auction. He finds a three-week-old calf. It was a black and white, like, baby cow. He was I see so where this is excited. Going. He was so happy. He spent his the little amount of money that his parents gave him on it. He was stoked. And he actually he took really good care of this, of this calf. Aww. He bathed it. He he slept with it like he was just really sweet to this calf. And so he's one day he's at school, you know, school days over. He's like runs home, super stoked to to like give his buddy a hug and a kiss. And he can't find the poor calf. And he's asking everyone, like, where is he? Where's the baby? Where's the I don't baby? want you to finish this part of the story. I, I, I don't know. like where it's, this is it's going. Real horrible. But he's he's asking everyone, where where's my pet? And his dad's like super annoyed. He's like, God, you're so annoying. Like, stop asking me. I don't know. Why don't you check the barn and leave me alone? And this is from Willie's own words. And he said, quote, and here I seen the calf hanging upside down there. They butchered my calf on me. Oh, boy. I was mad. I couldn't talk to anybody for three or four days. I locked everybody out of my own mind. I didn't want to talk to anybody. So seriously, so that's so traumatizing for any child. And you wonder again, I'm like so stuck on the psyche of these people and what I can't imagine the damage that that can do to someone, especially at that impressionable age where you're taking responsibility, loving an animal, loving a living creature and to have parents that are just so and why and why kill that? The U.S. have like uh, hundreds of pigs and Obviously chickens. The parents have a weird like detachment. I think to it's their just children. like this control thing of like it, I'm going to control your emotions. The saddest part is like this was his first uh, vacation away from his family. You know what I mean? Like he has to do all this work, and the house is trashed, the farm is trashed. So he finally gets this little sanctuary away from his family. 
and they slaughter it immediately. And he even says it in his own words, right? Like he locks everyone out of his head. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's such like an origin story for a killer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's one of those like loss of innocence and it's w- um, one of those forming moments that, the moment, you yeah. know, if you were to ever do like a movie about this killer, I mean, that would definitely be one of those pivotal moments where you would see that first step of change or second step, you know, it's, and you know what? And later on, what we'll see is that he kills a lot of women the same way that the calf was killed. Oh, yeah. On a hook. I imagine. Oh, my gosh. Hanging upside down. Yeah, yep, I don't know if I want to do the second part of this podcast. I don't even like hearing that intense. part. It's I can intense. deal with the sadness over here, but move. People hanging on hooks. and Did you just move? <laughs> <laughs> but move. Uh, maybe the calf, you know possessed me just now and wanted to maybe it did for any horror movie fan out there this is definitely the sawyers and the hewitt family from the texas chainsaw massacre oh absolutely and even a little motel hell in there so just for the horror movie fans absolutely (laughs) yes and and the whole even like the whole family reminds me so much of like devil's rejects i was thinking the same yeah like and when you're saying rat face like his dad i was thinking of otis (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> you know, I totally had that image in my head, but I was like, I already said the true blood reference. So. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? And I'm sorry, I forgot to mention this is that when he was also when he was young, I believe it was two or three years old. People say that when he wanted to hide from adults, he would. This is so weird. Crawl inside the carcass of a dead pig. Okay. And totally like normal. Hide in there. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. That's so strange. Yeah. So there's rumors like around town that he would do this. Why was he hiding from adults? I <laughs> don't know. Maybe he was afraid of <laughs> Obviously there is some there was well, there's obviously some major problems. He straight up Han Solo, Luke Skywalker. I was and <laughs> I was totally gonna say that. Anyways. So yeah, a lot of a lot of weird stuff with Willie, and definitely weird stuff with his parents. So like I said, we're now at the new f- new farm. Again, it's quickly quickly run down. They for some reason brought their old farmhouse with them and decide they want to keep living in it, even though it's disgusting. By this time, they've expanded. They've got about seven hundred pigs instead of two hundred, and they've also added hundreds of chickens. Again, these animals are just roaming all over the place they don't care if they go inside the house in the sheds etc they're just everywhere like pooping everywhere doesn't matter i can't imagine what that house looked like no i don't want or the smell oh my god did you say 700 pigs 700 my god i can't even imagine that i can't fathom that amount of pigs at all it's insane yeah it's it's and i'm pretty sure they didn't have the appropriate accommodations they were just cramming them in so it wasn't it wasn't pretty those poor pigs yeah right pigs are so intelligent you know they know what's going on it's it's really sad so at this time again uh willie and his brother dave are responsible for feeding these pigs they would call it slop the pigs they had to feed them all not only before and after school but during school so they would leave during lunch i guess which I cannot imagine they had enough time to For feed 700, 700 yeah, pigs 700 every pig. day. Um, but eventually, 
Willie dropped out of school first. He was 14 years old. He dropped out um, in eighth grade. Dave lasted a little bit longer, but their education didn't go too far. Their mom was actually like pretty stoked about Willie dropping out. She's like, cool, now you can work full time here and you don't have to bother with like going to school and all that mumbo jumbo. Just keep feeding the pigs. Right. Just keep on with the pigs and do your thing. His mom encouraged him to become an apprentice butcher. She wanted him to learn how to butcher the animals so that way they didn't have to pay another butcher to do it. Because all this time they were paying someone by the name of Bob Korak to butcher the pigs that they were selling. So she's like, oh, yeah, you need to go observe this guy and be his apprentice. Willie did not want to be a butcher. He was just not feeling it. I'm sure, like we said before, seeing his his pet butchered is not. I was just thinking that. Yeah, it's not something that he wanted to do. So, I mean, he wanted to make his mom happy and appease her. So he went, but. The butcher talks about that he he could tell he didn't want to be there. He'd rather be off fishing or playing in the fields, just like a teenager would right. do and not want to do that. The weird thing about this, so we've got Willie who's real kind of like obedient. He does what his mom says. Then we have Dave, the younger brother. He's more rebellious. Now Dave is, again, he goes to school a little longer. He's, I guess, a little more normal. For, and Dave, by all accounts, is really gross, too, like really stinky and not attractive. But he's got like different girlfriends all the time somehow. Yeah. And he's always like hanging out with people. So I guess more normal. Well, he goes and gets his license when he's 16 years old. Dave does. So he's out on the I don't want to say out in the town, but he's out driving around one night and on his way home. He hits this 14-year-old boy who's walking. This poor boy's just like walking home and he accidentally hits him with the truck. Mm-hmm. And instead of like pulling over and helping him, he does a hit and run. Yikes. So he hits this poor kid. Then he like books it home. He tells his parents, Oh my God, you guys, I hit someone. And instead of the parents saying, We need to call 911, the mom, Louise, goes, Whoa. Where where was it? And he tells her, oh, it's on this and this road. Okay, she'll like, you drive the truck to the mechanic right away. You tell him that a pole fell on the truck oh and to get gosh. it fixed immediately. So he's like, okay. So he's driving to the mechanic while the mom goes back to where he hit this kid. The kid is still laying there bleeding. Oh, my goodness. And she jumps out of her car or truck, whatever she's driving, pulls the kid into like this ditch where there's like a little bit of water like rolls his body like basically like off the road and leaves him there what's wrong with this lady (laughs) i mean that tells you a lot i don't know anything about how willie's gonna grow up because i don't follow any of these stories which is why they're so spooky for me but that tells you a lot on what i assume willie's gonna become like that's the person who raised you you're gonna go back to this innocent 14-year-old that just got struck by your son and move him into a ditch and leave? Yep. Like, that's so wild. It's it's crazy. So did he survive? She, or no. He, what? He did not survive. And so it was really sad. His name was Tim. So Tim's dad is, like, out looking for him. And oh. they have, like, this little search party. They, they're looking for his son, and they find him. And the dad just, like, lets out this just loud cry i mean oh, i can imagine what you see an your old kid witch that lady was and he didn't he didn't die from being hit by the truck he died of drowning because she she rolled him 
into a ditch. He died drowning in two feet of muddy water. They found it. He couldn't it. roll over on the... No, he was so badly. I think Jeez. that it, your body goes into shock when you're hit, or if you're hit bad enough, you you just kind of pass out, oh my and so goodness. you can't you lose consciousness. So no, he couldn't That's roll seriously over. Seriously, so very yeah. Heartbreaking. So all the injuries he sustained from the hit and run, he could have survived them. But gosh, I, I mean yeah. that story right there. If anything else tells you this woman's lack of care, empathy, you know, she doesn't care. Like, what a she's a pig. Yeah. She's a big old pig with her little piggy goatee. <laughs> piggy goatee. Yep. So later on, uh, you know, the police go there and they they determine it's a hit and run and they broadcast it on the radio. Well, the mechanic who was working on the truck calls them because he's like, OK, this is weird. First of all, this guy, Dave Picton, comes in. He wants me to repair this dent in his truck. He says was done by a pole but this dent is bowl shaped like it was hit like they hit a body or a head or something like that also this truck you guys can imagine the house is in complete shambles the truck is is in shambles as well there's dents all over this truck there are scratches all over this truck you want me to fix this one yeah all of a sudden i have to fix this one dent and he's so adamant about me fixing it right away and to paint over the part that was that where the paint chipped off. And to off? already know hmm. this woman, you said that this woman had a reputation around town as well, and they being like they stingy, see these, right? Well, everything. They, she sees that she's working her kids to the bone, her kids sleeping in a carcass. I mean, I mean, it's you <laughs> the, know, them this, kids sleeping in a carcass. You know, the, you know, and then Leonard, who I've heard nothing about, is just like this dinky weird yeah, guy. He's that just in the background, up or anything, you yeah. know. So it obviously this mechanic knew. Had a hunch. He probably knew this reputation of these weird folk anyway. Yes. Yep. Well, eventually, since the mechanic, thank God the mechanic called the police and reported this. So Dave, the the hit and run kid, actually went to court for it. And he was convicted of a hit and run. But basically, (sighs) so messed up. Basically, he he never got in trouble for like murder or manslaughter. Neither did Louise. Nothing. The only thing Dave got was he received probation and he wasn't allowed to get his driver's license until he turned 21. And how did that affect Dave? Did he have, you know, was he just in pieces that he was responsible for this kid's life being taken away? Was it? You know, did it was nope. it a turning point for him? Oh no, or? he was very indifferent to everything. How how was there no consequence to the family at all? I Do you that's think a the great family question. is like paying them off or something? Like, I mean, is that a possibility? Or did they not have enough proof to know that the crazy Billy Goat mom? Right. I don't think anyone knew that she had done that. This I think this I think this came out that she had gone back and done what she did after she died. Yeah, after like Willie was caught doing, they were just saying, okay, sixteen-year-old took his truck out, hit and run. It's it was an accident, right? right. Not obviously, you know, it wasn't like malicious or planned. Exactly. Yeah, and maybe if it was in today's day and age, it would have been handled differently. Um, But that's really the fact that this Dave is his name, correct? The fact that Dave is so indifferent about taking someone who's two years younger than him his life he's responsible for that right is 
just another. I mean, he felt panic at first, but it's probably because it didn't for get himself, in though. Right. Yeah. Right. It's just another notch on this very odd family and, and how I'm assuming these kids turn out later in life. This is just another layer. Yep. It's very weird. So, yeah. So that was she covered it up and never got in trouble for it. I want to look Horrible. up her photo. Oh. I'm going to post it on her Instagram. I, please do, because I've been trying to find her photo. Well, you haven't found one. I cannot find a I'm photo a master. Um, yeah, I have faith in digger, you. So if I get my hands on that. Are you a grave digger? I am. <laughs> I'm a master grave digger. Um, but I'll definitely post that on our Instagram so everyone can see what a monster this woman is. If I can get my hands on that photo. There's got to be a photo. Of yeah, her. I feel like there's got to be somewhere. I'll do some grave digging. <laughs> yes. Well, 1973, Leonard starts kind of losing his memory. He's getting senile. He doesn't really remember who the kids are. And so, again, he's just fading more and more into the background. He's super old at this point. He's 86. Wow. And as he's losing it, the weird thing to, well, I think it's everybody, is that Willie starts referring to Dave as his dad. So, remember, Dave is two, like a year younger, right, hmm. than Willie. And we know this because one of one of the girl one of Dave's girlfriends uh, reports us later on, and she'll say it. Her name is Linda. No, I'm sorry. The sister will say this that she noticed that he's calling their brother dad. So she heard Willie say things like, "You know, oh, I'll tell you, but don't go tell my dad." Thinking of Dave, <laughs> it's like, um, okay. So Willie thought that Dave was his dad. Willie, yeah, would call Dave dad. Okay, this is so it'd be like if I called you mom. Yeah, that's so you'd be like, what bizarre. the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> it's not like he's the one that's going through Alzheimer's or you know forgetting things. Yeah, it's so strange. Yep. So their dad dies a few years later in '78. Dies from cancer at the age of 91. A little after that, in 79, uh, Louise finally dies. She dies of cancer. So long, bitch. Yeah, bye. So both parents have died at this point, and they they had left a will. Long story short, the dad had his will, and he would have divided the property basically um, evenly to the two boys, mm-hmm. and I think a little bit to the daughter. We don't hear anything about the daughter. Is she oh, crazy? she actually she actually moved away. Oh, so girl. yeah, she moved away. Um, right when they purchased like the second farm, uh-huh. so to speak, right. So she's like, oh, okay, peace out, guys. I'm not going to live in this You guys have fun. House. Yeah, I'm going to go move to Vancouver with some relatives, okay. and you all have fun. So, yeah, she actually had moved away, and uh, the two boys stayed behind. Stayed. They stayed. So both parents are dead. Uh, since the dad died first, his will, like, didn't count, basically, the way it was set up. Right. So Louise... She takes it over, She takes it over. And what she does in her will is so weird. So she splits the, the farm, like, all the assets evenly amongst the three kids. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, for Willie, she says, you... Basically, he could have, like, part of... He could have a, a small amount of money now. But if he wanted to get the full inheritance, he had to stay and live and work on the farm until he was 40 years old. And he was the, and the weird thing is, is he's the only one that she did that to. And he's the one who actually like took care of her when she was dying. He's the one who actually bathed her, even though she didn't bathe him. 
I thought you were going to say she was going to leave the money to the pigs. I swear. <laughs> I, I, was, I was waiting for that. But imagine. Oh, my God. That would be awesome. But no, he uh, he was pissed. And again, I think this is another blow to him. Like, wow, that's what you think of me. And it, like I said, he he was the only one that actually tried to, like, please his mom. Well, and when you said that Dave, you know, had the truck and when hit that 14 year old, I'm thinking, wow, they gave Dave a car to drive. You know, like, I'm even shocked that that was happening. And then you have Willie, who. You know, she wants him to be a butcher. She wants him right, to be. Right, and he's doing it. He's in this trying. will, the only one that has to be there until he's 40. They butchered his calf. Like, it's like, I don't, maybe we're not getting as much background on the other two, but it sounds like he's real. I mean, they're all three are treated poorly, but man, Willie really I'm right? gets it. I feel it, like he really know? gets it. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. So once the once their parents die, the farm just really goes downhill. Like, we thought it was shitty before. Oh, man. So Dave starts basically neglecting all farm duties. He doesn't care. He does not want to be part of the pig business. He's over it. Instead, he starts a topsoil business. So he would like take like any decent soil on their land and transport it to, to another. Yeah, yeah, to whoever was buying it. So they were left with like this I was disgusting say, that would mud. Like affect their crops and stuff. I imagine if right. Not, I don't think they had crops, but yeah, okay, if they did, they right, animals, right. Yeah, yeah. So they were just tearing up. He was just tearing up the farm, selling off their their soil, like I said, to whoever was buying it. Um, he also was like a total wannabe. He wanted to be in the Hell's Angels so bad. He thought it was like a badass biker. Yeah, so he would start like oh my gosh. hanging out with the Hell's Angels. He started like engaging in criminal activities with them. Like he would help them like steal cars and then he would let them store their stolen cars at the farm. But then they would like basically they turn the farm into like a chop shop and start like selling off different pieces of the cars that were stolen so they couldn't be tracked and it was just madness they also got willie in on it you know they had him boosting cars what a roller coaster of life these people have it is insane you guys it is insane so now we're into like the early 80s willie his big passion this time was he loved working on cars and stealing them. And he also loved butchering animals. Oh, so now he loves butchering. Okay. Yep. However, instead of him finishing his apprenticeship with the original butcher, somewhere along the way he'd quit. I think he, in Canada, it was like a six year, like apprenticeship you had to do to become like a full butcher. Damn. And he was like six months away from it and he would have been done. But he like, eh, five and a half years in, eh, I don't want to do it anymore. I decided <laughs> no it's thanks. not for me. Yeah. So he just like up and leave. So he never was fully licensed, whatever. But instead, he's now butchering animals from his own farm because he doesn't care. No one, he doesn't need to be licensed to do it himself. He's like all about it. He is all about it. Like, that's a hobby. Like, like, that is his hobby. I'm going to go and I'm going to butcher this cow. And people from, like, around town report later that, like, people would, like, just go over to the farm and hang out and, like, watch him. Okay. Interesting. Butcher these poor animals. And sometimes he would butcher up to two dozen a day. Damn. Like, God, dude. I mean, and he would do it without like job to do it, whatever. But if you're getting like your jollies off doing that, that's really yes, yes. Like, <laughs> bring me another cow, yeah, another ice hay. 
But yeah, he would, and he loved to do it like with his bare hands, like no gloves. Damn. He would be, he would never wash his he clothes. He wanted to feel maybe like that death in his hands. I'm you sure know? he did. Absolutely. He wanted no barrier between something becoming lifeless and his hands. That's a very good point. Yep. Absolutely. And yeah, so but he would go. So he started working with this other butcher, though, this Filipino butcher who used a lot of pork in like his restaurant and whatever else he was doing. So him and the Filipino um butcher got together and they started working as a team so to speak in the 80s and willie would go to those animal auctions like i said kind of before to these live auctions and he would purchase any animal that was like sick or had like sores on its body or dying like if it was deformed if it was you know missing a leg he would just buy up the worst looking animals because they were cheap because he was doing it as a weird hobby for himself not i i have no issue if you're a butcher you're doing it as your profession you know but what a freak no offense i mean (laughs) i'm just saying if you were so against being a butcher for your whole life something flipped yeah something flipped you're not doing it for being a butcher and for survival, this is your profession. You're doing this because something's clicked in your brain right? and it is fulfilling some weird, sick part of yourself. And I'm obviously it's a route to something. It's it's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's fulfilling some sort of weird desire that you've got in you. Absolutely. Yep. And so with, with all these animals that he would butcher now, remember he would sell off, the meat to people whoever whoever and these would have buy sore, it. The, and not but the people didn't know animal. No, I'm I right. I'm sure they didn't. But uh, again, he's not doing this for the sake of his farm. He's doing this. He's like, I'm going to get the one with the sores. That's the form. Yeah, it's I'm cheap. Gonna get I the just cheap one. The, yeah. Ugh. Yep. Poor and then animal. any like unused body parts. So any like bones or like the snout, you know, or anything like yeah. that they couldn't sell. He would like get this huge like bulldozer and backhoe so any like machinery that dave had for his topsoil business Mm -hmm. he would use it and dig these giant holes on the farm and it would just be like this massive like grave sites i can't imagine that smell body parts of these poor animals like yeah seriously he would just i'm assuming that's probably not what you're supposed to do with those parts no yeah but yeah he would literally like cover like Dig a hole. I think it was like 35 or 40 feet wide. I mean, what do you expect? Huge. You grew up in a freaking house of shit. I mean. Yeah. And like I, I said, can you imagine like all those body parts tree. of the animals? Animals and Lord knows what else he was putting in that oh, hole. Right. And Seriously. then he would just cover it up with dirt and be done with it. Oh. So. I feel like I can smell that for some reason right oh. now. Like I like I smell something sour when I think of this. Like sour old rotten meat like it's making my stomach turn yeah it's it's bad just the smell of death so dave begins to focus more and more on his own thing he's um not only just doing like this topsoil thing but he starts getting into like demolition work so he opens his own demolition company to where he's like getting paid to knock down buildings and schools and bars and etc and he's super into the whole Hell Angels scene. So he's totally into it. He has the Hell's Angels like hanging out all the time at the farm. Like basically this farm became like a party scene every single night. 
So they would have like hookers there and drugs and booze and live music and people just going buck wild. Like, yeah, super party time. Dave always had a girlfriend like he had like one girlfriend of like years and years and years. And then she's like, you're nuts. I'm out. Like next week he had another girlfriend. So he was always like Dave's the playboy. Yeah. And he was also kind of an asshole because he would tell chicks like, damn, you got fat. Like he was just very like he was a pig. Right. He was a pig. Willie was very, very like withdrawn, very quiet. He was more of like. Never had girlfriends. No. He was more of like, I'm going to hide in my room. I don't want to do. I don't want to be part of this party type of thing. So he was more of withdrawn. So like I said, um, a lot of parties, a lot of people from Hell's Angels. So a lot of criminal activity. It's like Backwoods Playboy Mansion. Ew. <laughs> Definitely. Um, they started bringing Willie into this whole like Hell's Angels thing. And they, like I said like before, like they had him running some of the chop shop. And they wanted Willie to start hiring people. So he would hire like teenage boys like, hey, we need your help doing this and this. And then I'll pay you at the end of the day. Well, these poor teenagers, like he would work them to the bone. And at the end of the day, they would say like, oh, can we get our pay? He's like, oh, yeah, here you go. And he'd give him like a fraction of it. Or he'd say, I'll give you a big ham steak to take home. And And he'd give give him him like like, he'd give him like the scrap of the leprosy meat. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the, the boy, scrap but, of a pig nose. Yeah, like seriously. And so the but the boys were too scared to say anything because they had all these hell's yeah, angels right. chilling behind them. And like, this convenient like animal body part cemetery in the backyard where it's right? like, I don't want to be part of that. Hell no. Throw my fingers in there. No one's going to know. <laughs> They're oh think it's a pigtail. I know. So scary though. Ugh. So they had these boys, like I said, doing stuff around the farm. Eventually, the Hell's Angels came in and bullied them into stealing cars, too. So these, these bikers the teenage were, boys? Yeah. Oh, shoot. So, like, you're going to go steal these cars for us. And they're like, uh, like you're going to steal these cars? Okay. Did they pay him for that, at least? Hell no. Those poor guys didn't get paid for anything. So these kids, are, these teenagers are stealing cars, and some of them get busted. And the police bring them in for questioning. And after they get, like, taken in for questioning... Then they are <laughs> taken to the farm, and the cops question Willie, and they ask him, you know, hey, is this like a what do you have going on here? We heard there's activity of like stolen cars, a chop shop, etc. And Willie, instead of just denying, he totally rats them out. <laughs> like he goes, oh yeah, yes, we do have stolen cars here. Here's where I buried them because. He also would bury the stolen cars in these giant holes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm telling you, these holes were huge. So they would, like, sell parts of the car, and then whatever they couldn't get rid of, they would just bury it in the farm. So we got dead pigs under there, dead various animals, car parts, cars, all sorts of things. Okay, one night when they were having a huge party with the Hells Angels and all these other people from around town... Uh, Dave's girlfriend Kathy decided to bring her sister her name was Karen and we know this because Karen retells this story um, in the book on the farm so that's where I got this information from so Karen goes over to the farm she's hanging out she's partying with these people she's having a fun time like I said they're doing drugs they're drinking they're doing whatever and when she goes there she realizes that Dave is kind of mean to his brother, Willie. Like he likes to pick on him and he wants to show off Willie's room. 
to her. He's like, oh, you should see my brother's a freak. You should see his room. He lives in the basement. She's like, oh, that's kind of weird. Okay. So he takes her over there and he takes her down to the basement. And when she goes down into this basement, she sees like there's really nothing down there. The only thing that's in the basement really is a plain mattress. Huh. There's no, like no sheets on it or anything. It's on the floor. And it has like this big black like stain on the mattress. It's kind of like going down the middle. Yeah, really gross. I wonder what the heck that's from. I don't know. I'm like, was it like a blood stain or was it like animal feces? I mean, there's, who knows? Sky's the limit. (laughs) Sky is the limit. That's for sure. All the above. Absolutely. And the other thing that she saw that was really weird is that he had a horse head on his wall like you know people mount like yeah uh-huh. yeah like animal like he had taxidermy like, head yeah he had like a taxidermy horse head and apparently that was like his pet horse who like died so he had a stained mattress a stained mattress in the basement with a horse head with a horse head did he probably butcher the horse um he cut the head off so he's probably really like he, like you said he's all into it. So I'm sure he was all stoked. Well, like, I think he was. I think he was like sad about the horse dying. I think it was like sick. Uh-huh. But after like it died, he cut the head off and took it to the taxidermist and was like, "I would like to preserve this." I horse would taxidermy Charles, my beagle. Oh God, no! I couldn't do that to me. I was. I would break my heart. I mean, it's That's better than weird. giving him to a vet and having him burn your pot. I would have her like bones like done like yeah yeah okay like, maybe yeah, yeah that too. But I love Charles and he will live. Forever. I know, but I don't think I could see him like in fur like that. That would make me so sad. And he'd have cute little marble eyes. That would break my heart. I know. I actually don't want even to talk about that. It'd be no, funny. my. I, I could do Charles. the skeleton, but that's like as far as I can go. See, the skeleton creeps me out more. What? I don't know. But like, if you just have him taxidermy, that's like your baby that you like cuddled with. It's like it's looking at you with marble with him. eyes. It's still him. No, it's not. It's just his pelt. I know. How sad. I don't know. I'm not trying to say it to be sad. Now you probably think I'm a killer. I'm just. I want to preserve my, my baby. You're, you're kind of freaking me out. So as as Dave is going around uh, showing his brother's room to Kathy and her sister Karen, Willie comes home. Oh, he's pissed. And like busts them. And he is so mad. Like he's enraged. Like he his biggest thing is like, don't fucking go in my room. Like that's my <sighs> this is space. like reminding me of a movie and I can't put my finger on it. I know. Like, it's like so anyway. Yeah, and he tells Karen, or I'm sorry, he tells Dave in front of Karen, her sister, if she ever comes into this room again, I will kill her, like Yikes. straight up. And then like that night, they like, were like all eating dinner together, and he like threw a glass of milk right in her face. So it's like, it's like, like he's like, whoa. And, and you, let me just know, and again, I don't know anything about Willie or the Pictons, really. This is all news to me. I don't follow true crime. My sister, Irene, is the expert. She's... So intrigued. I get super paranoid. But let me just say how interesting it is, my own note, that he directed his anger at Karen and not at his brother. Yeah, that's who what I thought. Is the person who instigated the entire situation. I like, feel like part of him like fears. Does he hate women? Still? Is there like a uh, my my interpretation mm. is it's a it's a woman thing. He's right. Like, You're a female. Absolutely. Uh and I don't again. I don't know anything about him and what happens in the later years. Well, you're on the right track because he kills no, all, only women. Okay, there you go. I mean, I'm thinking, why are you so pissed at her? Right. 
my beef would be with my asshole brother who decided to make me a fucking joke to this woman and show her my horse head. It's just, it's crazy. I know. But Karen definitely recalls that. She also recalls that she heard rumors around town that the Picton brothers would make like snuff films. What's that? Snuff film is like a porn, but oh my god! at the end of it, they kill oh my the woman god. and they film it. That's like a real thing. Do like you on think the dark they did web. that? I don't know. That's There's never no been, like you, hard evidence no. of that. But okay, <laughs> I don't want to jump ahead too much, but for sure, Willie does have sex with women and then he kills them. Whether he recorded it is why I say I don't know. If he recorded it, yeah, that's a snuff film. Sounds pretty close to home. Yeah, I mean, you already did the deed. Right, because he's doing her and then killing her. Oh. But like I said, it's it's a matter of are I'm they filming concerned it? on why you know what that is. <laughs> a snuff film? Yeah. I feel like a lot of people know what that really? is. Haven't you watched American Horror Story? Some seasons, but y'all, you know what? Like Freak Show? That no, season? I haven't seen that season. Oh. But y'all freak me out with that. That's. I'm good. Well, sorry. I wasn't like in one or anything. Well, <laughs> I, I wouldn't be here because you'd be the one doing the damage then. That's because you wouldn't Ooh. be here. Yeah. Twist. Ooh. Plot twist. Plot twist. Ooh. Twist. Ugh. What? Creepy. Yeah. So she's hearing rumors about the snuff films. And then she also recalls like one time they all went out and they hired this babysitter who would come and watch the kids. Um, was her sister's kids, I believe. It was either her sister's kids or just some or random Dave's. anyway. Kids, some kids. So the babysitter um would come and babysit the kids. And then one night after they came home, they couldn't find the babysitter anymore. Like she just vanished. And I guess she called around and the babysitter had adult children, like they were grown up. Uh-huh. And she called them. She's like, Hey, have you heard from your mom? Like, I'm worried. They're like, We cannot find her anywhere. Oh hell. Yeah. So couldn't find her. She just vanished. They reported it to the police, but nothing ever came of it. Oh, so, wait, she's, so she just never she's gone. So Still, they don't know what happened to her. Well, or is that later down the line? I want to jump ahead. Well, we're pretty sure it was Willie. Damn. Yeah. Wait. So the so she's starting to like notice things, right? So the girlfriend's sister is noticing. Oh, like, so it's starting. He's definitely. Yeah, it's starting. She's noticing, like I said, like weird behaviors. His weird room. Like you said, is so. This girlfriend's obviously around uh, a lot more often. She's starting right. to yeah, see. Yeah, Karen. She was right. around a lot. She was around almost daily for like three years. And this is who um, was writing in the book on the farm. She was no. She was just interviewed. Interviewed. But she. Yeah. This is who you referenced. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, she hung out there like I said daily for three years, and then as soon as that incident happened, where the brother showed her the basement. Right. And then Willie came home. She stopped going. She was like, no, he like threw milk in my face. Like, I ain't going back yeah, there. Psychopath. I heard he does mm-hmm. snuff films and right. throwing milk at me. And he's, yeah, pretty horrific. So time goes on. Not too much time, but a little bit later, we're now about, well, we'll throw like in the early 80s. Willie starts cruising the streets in Vancouver's downtown east side. So this is kind of like Skid Row area of like L.A. Mm-hmm. So he's deciding to go. He has to go to Vancouver and he goes there because of business. And I'll get into that in just a second. But he decides to go to the east side area. and He's he's looking for prostitutes. So he wants to hire sex workers. He's like totally fascinated by them. Oh, and these poor girls. Yeah. 
And he's like, just real curious about them. He obviously doesn't have any girlfriends. He wants to get some, whatever, you know. Like I said, he, get, he starts going to the area in the 1980s. And he the, his reason for going into town is so, ugh, so gross. But he goes there because he needs to dispose of more animal parts. Oh, so we talked about him digging the holes and such. He didn't have any more room. He didn't have any more room. So now he has to go to, it's called it was called West Coast Reduction. And this is a rendering plant. Did, do you know what that, I, I was like, I had an idea of what plant. it was. Is but it like an anaerobic digester or something? Kind of. Like, digest, like, like makes compost or something? Close, but with animal body yeah. parts. Yeah. Yeah. Gross, right? What Ooh. do they do? I wonder what they so even I have, do with Oh, okay. Yeah, I have it here. So I have a quote. Let me make sure. Okay. What he brought in. So think of like, like I said, like anything yeah, not pig used. Noses pig noses. Pig noses. Hair. And bones. And sure. So what he brought in was ground up by giant augers. Moved into deep fat fryers and cooked until the grease could be separated. The grease moved through underground pipes into vast storage tanks that can hold 57,000 tons, waiting to wow. be turned into, to name just a few things, cosmetics, Ooh. soaps, paint, plastics, candles, and textiles, meat, fish, Feathers and bone are processed into ground meal and depending on the source used as an ingredient in chicken feed, pet food, animal feed Jeez. and bone meal. See, folks, this is why we make our own dog food. Ugh, how gross. Yeah, seriously. And cosmetics, the put that you we put I remember stuff on the our rumor face. when I was younger where they said that like lipstick was made out of whale yes. blubber. And I was like, that no way. That's gross. I would rather take the whale blubber than, than all, all that, that other, right? All that leftover Lord knows. Fifty seven thousand tons. That is an incredible amount. That is so That's disgusting. Insane. Yep. And so he would go to this rendering plant very, very often, weekly, to dispose of, well, we'll say body parts. And it got to the point, sometimes if he couldn't make it out to Vancouver, he would have a driver from the plant actually go to the Picton farm and pick up the barrels that they wanted to dispose of. And so they had interviewed one of the drivers and he had serviced the Picton farm from 1992 until 1996. And he reported that he would drive out to the farm and he would get about two, between two and five, 45 gallon drums every week. So you can imagine two to five, 45 gallon drums. Mm. And he describes what was... In those drums, and I'm going to read from here, quote, when he looked inside the drums, he noticed that the meat was black and in big chunks. And this surprised him. Most farmers whittled off every bit of meat they could find on an animal. I'm sorry, on an animal carcass. But Willie Picton was just throwing it away. No one ever asked questions or inspected the barrels. Regular customers like Willie could dump whatever they liked. So we don't know what's really in there, right? Black. Why is it black? It could be someone's skin color. Hmm. It could be if if a body was beaten. Oh, well, like bruised um, up? And- like beaten and then they died. I think the blood rises to oh the skin gosh. and it, it looks severely bruised, like black. 
could have, could have been burned. And no one said, yo, why is your meat? Yeah, yo, oh, what's up like, with your meat? This? Yeah, it's... Uh, and like he said, normal farmers would use every part of the carcass prior absolutely. to disposing of the bones or just those random little bits and pieces that you can't use. Right. What a sick Next. man. And so think of all the people who ended up using Oh my God, like that. Yeah, any that of it. contained... Because, come on, let's be real here. That wasn't just animal body parts. I mean, I'm thinking the same, but we don't know that, right? I'm going to try to just be like optimistic. We know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's how he was getting rid of a lot of the bodies. So he's already being a total, he's already being a murderer. You think, oh, at this oh point. absolutely. I'm just not going to, we're just not going to get we're into just not full details it. yet. But, but I'm scared. You should be. It's horrifying. Imagine, you don't know, right? Wait, wait, wait. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Lance, do you know what a snuff film is? Yes. What is wrong with you? What do you mean? Everyone, well, I everyone. did not know what that was. Willie I, when was you when you had snuffing. to step away, I said that there were rumors that they were making snuff films oh. on the property. And she cannot, said, "What's a snuff yeah. film?" And so I told you her. Never oh. a snuff film? I've no. never watched one. I mean, you I act all offended, not. but no, I've never watched one. <laughs> I Same. know what they are. Very interesting. Anyway, back to Willie and his. <laughs> you're you're in trouble tonight. <laughs> yeah, I have some questions for you later, oh, Lance. Um, back to Willie's crazy. Uh, human animal but meat. I was just saying like imagine like buying like a cosmetics yeah right and you don't know like there's like part of it was made from human a That's human seriously? body yeah and there's no way to trace that no. later what a perfect way for this little freak to yep. dispose of these in poor fact, people in fact he even bragged about that later when he's in jail he brags to an undercover cop he goes because the cop like tries to trick him like oh man yeah, just tell me he's how. like yeah. oh boy I have the perfect way to get rid of it. And like, they totally like, they nailed oh, them. Yeah. We'll get to that later. But yeah, when you said that, I was like, yep. What a he bragged about weirdo. that being the perfect way. Oh God. Yeah. I just want you all to know too, who's listening. I'm super paranoid when I'm going out. I went out to a restaurant the other night and I'm not kidding. It was maybe like a minute from one point to the other where I got out of my car to the entrance of the restaurant. And I think I like eyeballed the shit out of like four people and like looked over my <laughs> some some guy with a man bun on a Segway was like behind me. And I was like diving out of his way thinking he was coming after me. So just want you all to know this is what I do for you guys. I am scared. And on that note, I think we're going to end it for oh, shit. part one. Oh, man. Is part two going to scare me? I hope so. Oh, Willie sounds like a freak. <laughs> Willie will give you the willies. He's giving me the willies already. <laughs> Lord, Lord Willie. <laughs> Truly is horrifying. I have a really hard time. You know, I, I'm pretty much the person who runs our Instagram. And I have a really hard time looking at looking up these pictures of these killers. Again, I don't know a lot about them. I learned through Irene. Um, but just to see this, like, they have they have these dead eyes often. These very dead eyes. Yeah. And it, it haunts me. It haunts me so much. And um, it just totally brings these stories even more to life because you see there's a human in there, but something's not right. Absolutely. It's dark. So um, and he looks stoked in this picture. <laughs> I'll post it in our stories for you guys Perfect. to see what I'm looking at. But oh, my gosh, I mean, thank you for these nightmares I'm going to have tonight. And uh, I'm scared for our next recording <laughs> you're welcome yep in part two we will discuss like i said some of the some of the murders and also just kind of the whole 
I guess the whole story on what was going on in Canada at the time and why he went undetected for as long as he did. So oh, hopefully I'm you guys will enjoy this. And But yes, that was the show. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to me ramble on. And uh, we'll, we'll oh, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> All right, grave diggers. Remember, stay paranoid or be buried. Once again, thanks for listening, Grave Diggers. Don't forget to rate and review The Buried Sisters on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to follow us at facebook.com backslash The Buried Sisters and on Instagram at The Buried Sisters. Dig you later. Dig you later.